The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to George Carter, a student at Belmont University in Nashville. We'll talk about how the sacraments give hope and how we can find community through others to grow in faith. What gives me hope and what gives me strength, uh, the community of people that I'm surrounded with and that one, that I'm not alone and that if these people are doing it, why can I? God is call- God calls all of us to be saints. Mm. We, we all have that ability. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, where each week we interview different guests detailing different parts of young adult life, whether it be struggling with addiction, finding those friendships and building community, or dealing with finances. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen. I grew up here in Middle Tennessee. I'm a recent graduate of Belmont University in Nashville, and I co-host a show with Father Gervon, the chaplain at University Catholic, who is doing just about everything with the diocese. Um, as well. This week we're joined by George Carter, a student at Belmont University. Uh, George, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Zach. Uh, for those who don't know much about you or, or where you're from, tell us where are you from and uh, a little bit about where you are today. Sure. Uh, I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee, and I've grown up here most of my life, and I go to school at Belmont. I'm a junior there. Uh, and right now I'm, I'm at home. Um, yeah, so coming to Belmont, so you, so you didn't come very far to to, to and staying in Tennessee because a lot of people we have on here, especially college students, they're coming from all over New Jersey, uh, Minnesota, and Florida, get one to get away from their their small town, and or half of them are saying, "Oh, oh I want to get out of here. I'm tired of running these same red lights every day." And the other half wants to maybe stay where they're from. What were your thoughts as far as staying in state uh, for school? Was that an easy or difficult decision? It was, it was pretty easy to know that I wanted to stay in state um, cause I wanted to be close to my family. Um, hmm. But I didn't want to be so close that I was like, was like an hour away or um, like UT Knoxville is really close to me. Mm-hmm. And it, that's a very big school. And I probably would have been like living at home or even if I was living at school, it'd be like 20 minutes away. So when I was trying to pick a school like Nashville, the Nashville area is very close, but it's not, so close that I like just feel like I'm at home. Hmm. So it's a perfect distance. Yeah, and I see you know Father Javon as well already. Uh, what has what your faith like been, uh, especially growing up? What's been rewarding for you? Um, was it something you kind of went through the motions in growing up, or did you find some real? What made you who you are today as far as your faith growing up? You know, growing up, um, I would go to daily mass with my dad. Really? Uh, young, like <laughs> on, on like Saturdays, um, and I would be. Wow easily the youngest person there um bring down the average I mean, age by I, a lot uh, yeah 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 <laughs> i mean like most of those people were 
in their in their fifties at the youngest, um, and then there'd be like me at ten years old, um, and my dad would be able to like get me to wake up in the morning and come and be like, "Well, we'll get Chick Fil A afterwards." And I was like, "All right, all right, all right we'll go go get food." So, so but then um, as I was like growing up, that that daily mass has become so important because it makes me think of my dad um, and just reminds me of that, but also to realize um, who my father in heaven is and that has become a very like important part of my faith uh, at daily mass. And so that I found that to be um, very rewarding. And as like, as I got older, uh, just coming even into college um, daily masses um, is always something that I go back to. And also um, I go to a men's group called Hawk. Um, Oh yeah. Talk a little bit about that. For those who don't know what Hawk is, what can you explain briefly? Sure. Um, Hawk is associated with Fraternus, um, and it stands for Honesty, Accountability, Willingness, and Chastity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I was. I was trying to make sure I got all those right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the it's a men's group, um, high school and college age, and you you meet. It's, it's an informal Bible study is a great way to explain it, and where we come together as men and we talk about the struggles we are going through. Um, but also that we are all striving to be saints. They were all striving for holiness. So it's it's an it's an amazing group um, and some amazing group of guys that has really helped me to grow in my faith. Well, going back, it's absolutely mind blowing that you found the joy uh, of going to ma- daily mass as a young person. Um, and it's almost like the like the real catechesis is coming from the families a lot uh, as far as educating um, children just to fall in love with their faith. Uh, and that might be foreign to some people too, thinking that. Mass is only a Sunday thing, and maybe only 50 minutes, then I'll go home. Uh, but they kind of learn to fall in love with it going every day. Um, how, how do you see that, Father, as a priest? And in your, in your students as well, that people seeing the Mass as something essential. Like like you said, sometimes we make a, an excuse for everything not to go to Mass, but Mass should be the excuse for everything. Yeah, I think that something that you touch is that the parents are the primary educa- educators of the, of, of the faith, you mm-hmm. know. And, and that's kind of, if you really been to a baptism, the priest or the deacon ask, are you willing to help this person to grow in his or her faith? You know, and that is a big commitment that the parents do and the godparents do as well hmm. to help that person to grow in their faith. And, you know, you know, like a lot of, I think John Paul II and it talks about the domestic church. Hmm. How can you be a domestic church? And I think with this whole pandemic and all that stuff, that sense of domestic church, you know, has kind of come up a lot. Remember this this family, they said that, you know, first time when the pandemic, you know, started, you know, they kind of put all the, the family around the TV and watch mass and everything. And then he said that he started to, you know, like, just some research and doing some reflection of the gospel. And he's like, oh, my gosh, this is so tiring. I, you know, like, I, I, I'm done with this whole thing. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the the Mass is the summit and the source of our life. So if we mm. understand this, that that's it. It's the summit and the source. Mm. And everything comes from that and goes to that. Wow. That's pretty powerful, too, hitting at the, the point of, of, of the parent, too, um, is – you know the the procreation, but the education uh, of your children, 
Yeah, but George, I, I'm I'm right there with you. In high school, I started to see uh, daily mass as an option if you wanted to wake up super early in high school. Uh, I don't know who'd want to do that. But when you see it in college, especially in the evenings when you have them free, and if you had those, when you see those people from the Catholic community gathering there, um, I remember I spent my first semester at that uh, that Aquinas College uh, here in Nashville, beautiful Catholic campus. But I remember every day, no matter what, at twelve twenty. It seemed like that entire school was flooding that church uh, for mass, um, but I'm, I, you learn to fall in love with it uh, as as something when you miss it. Even on a weekday, you feel kind of empty inside, and uh, as great as the high feels sometimes, uh, no matter what's sometimes in life, that's just part of being human. Our heart gets gets troubled, and we deal with difficulties and struggles. Um, what are some challenges? you faced or, or are still facing uh, as a college student right now uh, as a junior? Well, I think that sometimes, even though I like, I love daily math, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's early morning, Oh man, those, those early mornings, it's hard to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like I'm back home now and they don't have like a, a night, like a, a daily mass that's in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at like 8am. And so if I want to, if I want to go to daily mass, it's, it's gotta be early. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I struggle with that um, sometimes, um, especially like trying to get back into a normal routine. But that's why, um, like the college mass is so, is so great to have in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, other struggles, um, just in like in life in general, and as a college student, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really struggle with uh, keeping my mind pure all the time, um, especially as I like mm-hmm. uh, go around campus. Those like those thoughts are are there, and so. I just uh, continually um, battle those, and I say prayers as I um, as I go throughout the day. Wow! Um, and you, you mentioned speaking of just dealing with these trials, you mentioned briefly earlier your the, the men's group you're a part of, uh, Hawk H A W C. For those listening, if you want to do a quick Google in the Fraternus uh, men's program there, uh, but just how important that community and that accountability is, um, especially like you said, struggling with you know any any thoughts that come to your head. That's just part of, of, of being a person. But the main thing is not going through it alone. Um, and I've seen that too, going through that accountability. The, the worst thing is, you know, being by yourself, especially in your dorm room. But you want to be around other men to make you, you better. Have you felt that same way, Father, at least with your brother priests or just in general and finding Absolutely. that community? You know, we are, we are created for community. We are creating for relationships, you know. And especially, I mean, no matter who you are, you are created for relationships. And... You know, as priests, you know, there are good, you know, priests, friends of mine that are there for me and I'm there for them. Mm. And we we need that. We can't, you know, we can't do it by ourselves. So we need that sense of community. We need that. And I think that's why it's been so hard for us during the pandemic, because we kind of lost a little bit of that. Mm. But yeah, find somebody that you can, because a lot of times in our days is like, don't be vulnerable. Yeah. Don't be dependent. You know, like it's like all that kind of stuff like the society put on. Oh, no, you actually be vulnerable with the right person. Because I think we're taught to like tough it through, especially as a yes, man. You're yes, like, yes. I'll suck it up. and Yeah, suck it up, buttercup. You know, but it's kind of the kind of things that like, no, we need people that I can trust and can help me with that. Hmm. You know, that's why spirit direction is so important. That is why it's like groups. You know, accountability groups or whatever, it's so important because help us to be who we are created to be. Mm-hmm. And we're not created to be alone. We're created to be in community. So. And surrounding yourself with, with good people, that's that's the biggest part of, uh, I think it, 
it really determines your character, the type of people you're around at the end of the day. Um, and Isn't it says that you are the average of the five people that you... That's what makes you up, yeah, basically. Make, yeah, so kind of, a lot of times, you know, do you know what is the um, definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again. Mm. And expect different outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you, are, if you are dealing with addiction, if you're dealing with something like that, if you go back and do the same thing, it's not going to change. You know, you at one point you have to go back and say, what am I, what do I have to change in my life mm. so I can have a different outcome? Hmm. I think it's definitely hard to, like you're saying, as a man to uh, to be vulnerable about the way to say, hey, you know, brother, this is something that I'm struggling with. And even in the sacrament of confession, that's the one of the craziest parts about being Catholic, is especially as a, when you're younger, maybe a teenager, you're, you're scared to step up to the plate and say things. Uh, Folks, priests will not remember. So, yeah, I know a lot of people get, you know, afraid, get like, oh, my gosh, what is going to be? Let me tell you what we're going to think about you. Mm -hmm. we're, gonna feel, we're gonna know that you're a human being. Mm -hmm. That you're normal, that you sing, and you—the most important thing—you are seeking God's mercy. Hmm. Well, speaking of uh, the sacraments in that way, it reminds me of the guest we had on last week, the venerable student uh, Sarah, talking about her finding the the healing through the sacraments in, in this time of the pandemic. Uh, George, how's that been for you? Uh, not only to the life, but especially like right now through the through the virus, what role have the sacraments played in your life? Has it just been really getting you through the day and giving you cause just to, to wake up and, and to live peacefully each day? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, especially like, I just keep going back to it, but daily mass, yeah. um, like the Eucharist, um, that is every time that I go, it, I, the day feels better. Um, and when I don't go, um, I can, I can feel that, um, that change. And just to touch on like the con what we were talking about with confession, mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. I used to go maybe like I feel like once a year, and it would be around this time around Advent. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I it's like my freshman year of college when I was at that hawk group, and they were like, "Yeah, no, we should like try to go." They were like, "Do challenges, like try to go once a month." And then someone was like, "Yeah, sometimes I go like once a week," and I was like, "Dang, like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't do that at all." And, but then I started trying going once a month and now I think I'm like maybe every couple of weeks, um, yeah. cause I'm just at church and I'm around that. But like that, the sacrament of confession is so powerful because there is that in a way accountability. Um, and that we're like, father's not remembering my sins and be like, well, you didn't do this very good, um, this mm -hmm. time or you did it again, but that I know, um, that I'm accountable with myself that, Hey, these are things that I'm continually struggling with. Am I working on that? am I trying to um, improve how I'm living my life? And mm. the Eucharist is a great way to battle that, um, to to receive God's grace in you. And you can't have one without the other. You need confession for your soul to be cleansed so that you can receive the Eucharist. So yes, that has been so powerful for me. One of the things that I hear, I heard, a, I don't know, it was one of the podcasts, or somebody smarter than I am <laughs> that was saying something, but the person was saying that, he was uh, going to say that the station of the cross, you know, when Jesus fought the first time, second time, and third time, he said, those are wrong station of the cross. And everybody's like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, well, the, the, the station should be Jesus fought for the first time and got up. Jesus fought on the second time and got up. Jesus fought on the third time and got up. You know, so it's like sometimes... 
we are always we focus too much on the bad part of it. Oh, okay, fog. Yes, you did. And what do I do? You start again. You go to confession. I say that all the time. Go to confession and try again. Doesn't matter how many times we fall. What really matters is how many times we get up and move on. Mm, that's uh, so many times we do the exact opposite. Uh, like you said before, where you, where you don't do anything about it and like wallowing in like self pity. And my, my the worst phrase that always sticks in my head ever uh, since high school is feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, which is the exact opposite of what we're not supposed to do. Saying, "Well, I'm not good enough. I'm just going to mess up again." Uh, or like, oh, I'm already, you know, I'm writing more scene. Let me just enjoy it a little mm-hmm. bit. That's dangerous, you know. And I always tell people, if you have to come back to confession every day, it's okay. Yeah. It means that you're trying again. You have one more opportunity to try again. And you know, this it's the sacrament of healing. Hmm. You have the opportunity to be healed by God through the sacrament of reconciliation. So if you fall again, it's okay. Mm-hmm. As long as you're trying, as long as you're trying. As long as you come back one more time. Wow. Um, and just speaking of thriving and, and keeping moving forward in life, uh, George, what do you what do you think about yourself and in your situation and your future as a junior in college? Are you kind of where you want to be? Do you have kind of peace in your heart? Or do you do you deal with like any anxiety of like, man, especially now the virus, I don't know what's going to happen next as far as finishing school and then my my family expects me to to do uh, in the latter years. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on your situation and your future? Sometimes I do feel that peace. Um, but then of course, like, uh, I like come back to like where I get anxious. Um, and I worry about, uh, yeah, what I'm going to, what am I going to do? And for the, for the longest time, I have always felt like I've known exactly what I want to do, um, with college. And that's, as I'm, I'm an exercise science major and I've always known that I wanted to do something in, the health field to help people. Um, um, and physical therapy is how I wanted to do that. And so lately though, I haven't been sure, um, exactly where I want to go with that. And also if I'm as discerning my vocation, um, like priesthood, uh, where like, do I, do I become a priest? And if so, then why, why would I go try to become a physical therapist and go through all that school if I'm then going to do that? So like, so right now is a, it's kind of like a pivotal time where I'm like, discerning that I'm kind of and kind of thinking like okay well I'm gonna have to make a decision soon of where I'm gonna go after I graduate um and so a lot of times there is that um that anxiety but I think that we just have to keep in mind that we are not the ones trying to figure all of this out um and making the decisions God is leading us um and so that is how I kind of like regain that peace and that if I trust God if I I pray and I keep my heart open to him and I have faith in him, then he will tell me what to do. It's pretty powerful. That's like, I feel like that's the most uh, powerful thing we can do as a human is to make a decision. And uh, your story, it kind of reminded me of yours, Father, when you talked about, well, if I go through this physical therapy, uh, the exercise science, what is that going to make me do as a priest? And it made me think of your education in, in tourism and, and as a chef too, how that almost had a direct impact to your life now. Uh, you know, it's just like Jesus, <laughs> you know, he got the fishman and said, I'm going to make you fisher of men. Yeah. So whatever you are, whatever, you know, whatever you do, mm-hmm. God will use your talents mm-hmm. to take it, you know, 
Maybe you're a country music person, you know, he's <laughs> going to be a priest and you're going to be singing country <laughs> songs. I don't know. You know, they ask, you know, we have a bunch of old uh, fat priests that need some exercise. So maybe George <laughs> is going to, you know, help them. She'll say, hey, buddy, you know, you can do this. So God always, maybe. <laughs> yes, God always use us with whoever we are, mm-hmm. with our gifts and talents. Because, you know, a lot of times, and I think that's kind of a lot of times, We think that we are what we do, and it's not. What we do does not define who we are. It, it right. doesn't. You know, I, and I think I told you guys before this, 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 this seminarian, William Carmona, he was dying of cancer, and Bishop Chobi ordained him. Hmm. He never said a mass. He never heard a confession. But his life and his vocation touched so many people. You know, he was dying on the ICU in San Antonio six years ago. He didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. But his ICU room was full all the time with people to come and talk to him and pray with him. So it doesn't matter. He, he died as a priest. Hmm. He didn't do anything. I mean, I did his first Mass. You know, he ended if, you know, he was waiting for his first Mass so he can die. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, okay, you know, like, like somebody said, he was waiting for his first mass. So, you know, we I did mass by his bedside, and then you know he received communion for the first time as a second time as a priest, and then a couple of hours later he died. Wow! So it's not who it's who we are, not what we do. Wow! You know, God doesn't call you because you can do this or you can do that. How about if you have an accident tomorrow and, you know, you get paralyzed on, you know, God forbid him, but mm-hmm. it's not what we do. And in our society, it's always like that. You know, that's why we have people who don't want to get retired. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing anything. Wow. That's the most cliche you know? thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, it's not who what we do is who we are. Hmm. I feel that way that we always, I always try to keep doing something so I don't feel quote unquote lazy. Um, we talked earlier just about situation kind of like you maybe don't know what you're going to do sometimes as far as like but you keep going with your major um how do you deal with any anxiety or stress that comes in life i know we talked about the sacraments are a great way to when you're dealing with any struggles but how do you deal with just anxiety and stress in general uh lately i've really found that that prayer um is the Mm -hmm. best way to deal with that anxiety because it reminds me that that God is in control. And so when I like have that hour of adoration, um, mm. and I, or, I, and I read scripture and I say a rosary and I meditate and I just sit in silence even, um, that I am continually praising God and opening my heart to him so that, so that my faith grows. And when my faith grows, then I trust him more. And so that is how I have, like found that's just how I battle that anxiety. Um, is because of, if I think it's all to me, if I'm like that and prideful in that way, then, then I'm very anxious. And there are um, days and there are weeks where I am, that is, that is how I feel. And it's usually because I have gotten so busy that I'm not doing any adoration. I'm not even, I'm not really praying. And so I, when my prayer life is, is lacking, that is when I feel the most, most anxious. Hmm. And it's, 
struck me that you mentioned that that hour of adoration. We, we've had a lot of your, like I said, a lot of your classmates come in from Belmont and Vanderbilt, and the focus missionaries as well. These young adults are just something's different about them. And you, and you mentioned Father; they're coming every day. They're participating in that holy hour. They're participating in the mass. This is what's changing their lives. That's just who they are. But as we kind of wrap up here, um, George. You talked so much about how the sacraments and, and prayers will get you through life. And I got to ask too, um, as far as having hope that everything's going to be okay. Um, if I may ask you, George, what gives you hope? Wow. That's, that's a deep question. What gives me hope? I think, um, what gives me hope and what gives me strength, um, is the community of people that I'm surrounded with and that I see all of them striving for holiness, striving for Christ. And that gives me hope that I can continue to do that. If they are, if they are doing it with me, then I can, I can keep doing that. Um, and that is, that's what gives me hope is that, that one, that I'm not alone. And that if these people are doing it, why can I, God is called, God calls all of us to be saints. Hmm. We, we all have that ability. So that we're not alone. And I guess you see it from the other side, Father, probably looking out into the pews there, you see that that community is real, that, it's there, that these kids aren't alone. They're going through it together from different schools and coming together in the evenings and, and Sunday yeah. mornings. Yeah, and I think for, for me, it's like help my faith as well, you know? Yeah. Yours too. I'm like, yes, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> because it's like I, I, I tried to put myself, you know, when I was 20, 21 years old, you know, I haven't done my, I didn't do my first communion until I was 19. Really? Yeah. So I kind of put myself in that shoes, you know, like, say, hey, not that I have everything to get. I don't. But it's just like, okay, I've been there before. I know how you feel, you know. And I mean, you see like this, how it's, we talk about this with, uh, you know, Bishop Spalding. It's like. If you talk to him, he's like, Bishop, what do you think about the, you know, you cat 530 mess? Oh my gosh, that mess is great. You know, like, he, I was going there, I was like, okay, Bishop. But it's, it's it kind of this, you see so many young people there, you know, praying. And it's not because they need to be there. They, they want to be there. Wow. You and know? they don't have so to. They, they get to. And, you know, you know, like all the old people, like, oh, look at that. They are, the, they are the future of the church. No, they are not. They are the present of the church. Stop doing that. Stop saying that stupid. No, they are not the future. They are this present. You know, so it's like, yes, they are the church today. And you have to back off and let them do stuff, you know. In a, in a, in a diocese far, far away, in a parish far, far away, I remember there was with this girl, this this lady. So about, She was about 125 years old, something like that. But she was saying, you know, she was freaking out. I was like, what's wrong? She said, I don't have enough communion ministers. I said, hold on. So I saw a kid, you know, high school kid, and I said, here it is. You know, Joni is going to be here. So she kind of looked down, you know, like up and down, like him. And I said, yes, I'm the priest. I can tell this. And if you have any questions, let me know. <laughs> it was last time that Jimmy, um, Joni, whatever his name is, yeah. I'm making up, uh, served because he did not feel welcome. Wow. You know, because this old lady was like, well, like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you perhaps are old, let the young people do stuff. Hmm. Because, you know, <clears throat> welcome then. And you as a priest, you have to feed your flock. Hmm. And I think that, you know, we talk about this in one of the other episodes about during the pandemic, like the lockdown and everything, how bad it was for me to see that I couldn't feed my flock. Um, well, Sabine, 
uh, just present in the church uh, and finding hope in the sacraments uh, through great community. Uh, thank you, George, for being a guest on the show today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, a special thank you to everyone in our listening audience. We hope you enjoyed what you heard, that you were able to relate in some way, that you've maybe been in that shoes before when you're going through college or, or just finishing up too and you're wondering what's next. Uh, but just remembering that you're not alone, that there's community waiting for you somewhere, whether it's in the doors of a church or in the living room of a friend. Um, remember, you can always uh, find our, our previous episodes anywhere you get your podcast by searching Belonging for Young Catholic Adults, uh, wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us at WBOU.org, 100.5 FM. Special thank you to Father Gervon, our co-host, and Jim Crow, our audio engineer, does a lot for us. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. If you enjoy WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio, please like us on Facebook. We'll share upcoming program information, inspirational messages, and a look behind the scenes at WBOU. We also feature videos from Bishop Spalding, who updates us about the Diocese of Nashville. Type WBOU in the search box at the top of the page and you'll find us. Click the like button and you'll know everything happening at WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.